God, please set aside everything I think I know about you, God, the steps recovery, the big book, what's best for me, what's best for others. Especially help me let go of all my old ideas so I can live on your spiritual truth. Heavenly Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. Help me to carry your message today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we uh, are on uh, step nine in the big book. And the uh, we're going to read one, two, three, four paragraphs today that I think are really powerful. Uh, I wish I had been there when they actually wrote this and put the words and the sentences together and the thoughts. It wasn't just one person. It was a, a collection and editing and a lot of information, a lot of other books they used. And here we're, um, um, I have to review a little bit because uh, that's just the way I am. It says, uh, there's plenty we should do at home, even if you don't have the complication of infidelity or things like that. Sometimes we hear an alcoholic say that the only thing he needs to do is keep sober. Certainly must keep sober. I mean, that's a good start, right? It's, it's hard to work the steps if you're drinking all the time. And uh, certainly must keep sober so there will be no home if he does it. But he is yet a long way from making good to the wife or parents for whom years he is so shockingly treated. And I think people need to remember that. I'm working with some people now whose wives are just not real lovey-dovey yet and they can't see the they understand that they've put them through a lot but they but they uh, but they see it but they can't understand it they can't they can't uh, accept it it takes people time uh, um, years of uh, it says uh, uh, Passing all land, wife or parents for whom years he is so shockingly treated. And we've treated a lot of people we love shockingly. We've made a lot of bad decisions based on self. Has anybody else done that? That put us in a position to be harmed? And um, a lot of times you don't see it till you've done your fourth and fifth step, but then we're on page 82. We're in the amends and you should have seen it by now. And we have to be patient. And remember, we have to be loving and tolerant. And we have to be LPTKCC. And some people are not on our time frame. Alcoholics tend to be a little impatient. Anybody know anybody like that? <laughs> I'm not going to admit it, but it's true. I have impatient uh, moments. And we want it on our time. But that's not God's time. And so uh, people are very impatient to get things the way, quote, they want it to be. Not the way it should be, but the way they want it to be. And passing all understanding is the patient's mothers and, or parents for whom years, uh, passing all understanding is the patient's mothers and wives have had with alcoholics. Think about it. And in those days, they didn't leave them because they had nowhere to go. Women, there weren't a lot of jobs for women. The country was poor. 
there weren't a lot of jobs. This was 1939. We were beginning to come out of the Depression, but we didn't fully get out of it till, uh, till the war. Uh, and um, uh, there, it just wasn't something. And you had children and families. It was a really tough time for our country, very tough for people who were married to alcoholics. Um, the, so it says, had this not been, so many of us would have no homes today, would perhaps be dead. <coughs> and then here it is. The alcoholic, not some of the alcoholics, the alcoholic, and it doesn't say, like Brian likes to point out, the drinking alcoholic. It could be you today is like a tornado roaring his way through the lives of others. That's why we want to work the steps and have emotional sobriety and be able to live a spiritual life so we don't continue to roar our way through the lives of others. Now, I must admit, when I first uh, uh, came in to the program, uh, I was still roaring my way because I didn't, you know, there was so much going on in my life and I didn't have the, the tools of the steps and, and it's very hard in the first year or two. And then there were moments through the years, especially at work, when I'd, I'd roar a little bit for 15 minutes, you know, it's just the stress of the work. Brian, you've done that, roar for 15 minutes. You know, I don't want to admit that, but yeah, it could be. And you know, when we look back, uh, uh, I'm not proud of that, but I did the best I could. But I had the steps and I had people helping me, and I don't want to do that anymore. I rarely do that anymore. Uh, roaring his way through the lives of others. Think about that. We're in Kansas where we've had tornadoes, not in Topeka lately, but uh, it can be 15 minutes and then everything's gone. Hearts are broken. That's what we've done. We've broken people's hearts. Sweet relationships are dead. Notice the term. They're dead. We've, we've killed relationships. So it's going to take a while to restore it. And some of them are dead forever. Affections have been uprooted. Notice the terms they're using. Hearts are broken. Sweet relationships are dead. Affections have been uprooted. So they're saying that whatever, whoever you were with or loved or uh, in relationships with, parents, kids, they have, it's really been bad. Selfish and inconsiderate habits have kept the home in turmoil. So we were a tornado, we roared through the lives of others, we destroyed all their affection for us, and we were selfish and inconsiderate. Anybody disagree with that? No. Have kept the home in turmoil. So our homes were in turmoil. So I've had a, quite a few people through the years who've come out of treatment and they've been 30 days, you know, and they're coming home and they, they, they want to know why things aren't great at home. What's the deal? <laughs> you know, hello and they don't understand that, or they want to make amends right away and be forgiven the first day in their home. And step eight and nine is not the first step. And it's a progression. And I, 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 
I know from my own experience, and I can't guarantee it, but if you do this, things will change. Things will change in your life. Your relationships will change, and they'll change in ways you can't even imagine. I can't even, couldn't have imagined 20 some years ago how my life would be today. My wife actually gave me a compliment, it's not that common, but uh, she said, you know, I've never really seen you really, really mad. Really, really mad. She, I've seen you upset, but I've never seen you really, really mad. And that made me feel pretty good. Um, it says, we feel a man is unthinking, thoughtless, when he says that sobriety is enough. They're making the point here that you don't, you, a lot of people come to AA to get sober. They're very proud of their coins, how long they've been sober. But that wasn't the goal of the people who, uh, who wrote this book. Their goal was to have emotional sobriety. Their goal was to be of service to God and others. Remember, to, maximally f to fit themselves maximally to be of service to others. Their goal was to be practice love and tolerance as a code, as which we're going to read on the next page. Their goals were to be uh, centered on God and others. And not just to be sober, because you can be sober and miserable. And I don't want to be that way. And I could, if I stop doing this, stop working the steps, stop praying, I'll get back into Michael and it won't be pretty. I don't want to do that. Anybody want to do that? No. So I'll keep doing this. He, we're like the farmer who came up out of a cyclone cellar. Now there's some people listening around the world and we had, we, there are cyclone cellars in Kansas in some of the houses and we, we have basements and uh, to find his home ruined. So he comes out of the cellar, everything's destroyed. That's what we're like. And to his wife, he remarks, don't see anything the matter here. I mean, it's a great way of describing it. Ma, ain't it grand, the wind stopped blowing. So I'm sober, I come up out of the cellar, I've destroyed the lives of others, uprooted affections, all this. And I say, wow, it's great. Another day, sun's out. And so, the next line says, yes, there's a long <laughs> period of reconstruction ahead. Yes, we say this, but, and it's true, so yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. And what does it say? I must take the lead, not them. Because they may never change. It happens. Sometimes we've really, we've destroyed the uprooted affection, hearts are broken, and they may never forgive us or change the way they see us can't do anything about that. But we may, must take the lead in the rebuilding. We're rebuilding our lives. We're rebuilding our relationships. I must take the lead. A remorseful rumble, mumbling that we are sorry won't fill the bill at all. I mean, we're not, remember amends is not, I'm sorry, let's move on. It's, it's we have to change. We have to show that we've changed. We have to change the way we react to people. A remorseful mumbling that we're sorry won't fill the bill at all. That's not the amends. The amends is not a remorseful mumbling. Um, we ought to sit down with the family and frankly analyze the past as we now see it. Now, I don't know too many people who do that, but at some point it's, 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 it can be done. 
but don't do it the first day you come home. And basically, uh, like I remember with my daughter, I sat down with her, we were having lunch, and I, and I made amends to her and talked to her. And that was the beginning in our relationship. She just called me right before the meeting. She has to talk to daddy every day and with the grandkids. And so how does that happen? And, um, and we can analyze the past as we now see it, not as we used to see it. So we could admit our faults. We could admit how we uprooted their affections. We could admit how we had selfish and inconsiderable habits. That goes a long way towards repairing relationships. Their de defects may be glaring. Oh, as we now see it, being very careful not to criticize them. We've done that enough. We're not to criticize them at all. In fact, we're to see how we may have caused the, the, their defects. And it says, their defects may be glaring to whom? You see, when we're selfish and inconsiderate, we see their defects. But if I'm kind and loving, they, they begin to look better. And then if we change, we may look better. It says at best, and acceptance is the answer, Dr. Paul, he says when he was always drinking and selfish and always beating on his wife and criticizing her, she got worse. She, she, she became in a shell. And then when he got sober and started working the steps, he realized she was looking better. And she may not have changed at all. Uh, we have a saying, Stu and I, uh, Gail's Gail, Patty's Patty. I mean, they are who they are. Accept them, love them, you know. And so um, that's a real change. We all have our personalities, right? And we all have our way and just be loving. And some people say, why can't you be loving? Well, you're the only one who can keep yourself from being loving. Their defects may be glaring, and I wrote to whom, but the chances are that our own actions are partly responsible. And that, I think, is really true. So here's the deal. So we clean house with the family, and we do it through the long period of reconstruction. We take the lead. We change the way we react to them. We change our expectations of them. And I clean house in my mind with the family and I try to repair with them. And we're gonna talk in the next two paragraphs about that. And here's what I do, and we should, this is the prayer if you wanna reconstruct your life with those you love. Ask each morning in meditation I say, my creator, show me the way of patience, tolerance, kindness, and love. I try to do that every morning. I do it not just for the family, but for the whole world. And show us the way, that, that's an important word, the path. What's the path for doing this? Well, the path is to be connected to my heavenly father and 
do his will and practice his character. That's why we spend so much time on six and seven. When I'm practicing God's character, then I'm going to be patient, tolerance, kindness, and loving. When I'm practicing Michael's character, it gets ugly. And so that's the point of changing our personality because it changes the way we react. Some people never get that. And sometimes we forget it, but that's the key. It's how I react, how I'm going to be determines what's going to happen. And I want to be loving, patient, kind, tolerant. I want to be the character of God. I want to do His will. Remember it says, each day we carry a vision of His will into all of our activities. That sounds good, doesn't it? What's the vision of His will? It's not that complicated. Be loving, patient, kind, tolerant, consider compassion, and then you'll do. You'll do it. It's a simple program, but it takes time and effort to practice. The spiritual life is not a theory. And guess what they have in squiggly writings? Writing. We have to live it. We have to live the spiritual life. If we don't, nothing changes. One of the ways you live it is you pray and meditate each day. One way is you analyze the past. One way is you, um, you try to rebuild relationships through living a spiritual life. Spiritual life is not a theory. It's in what we just studied it's up to page 83. And then step 10 is where you practice and live a spiritual life each day. Step 11 is where you inventory at night how well you did that day. Step 11 is where you have meditation and prayer to live the spiritual life better. Unless one's family, notice we have to live it. So if you haven't, if you don't have the tools and you're not living it, nothing's going to change. You may, be a, you may have come out the cellar, the wind stopped blowing, but nothing's going to change. We talk too much about uh, the fellowship and what to do in the fellowship, but we need to live the spiritual life. We need to practice these steps. And wh what is the goal of the doing the steps is to have a relationship with God, so I'm practicing and doing His will. Step 11 is we want to improve our conscious contact with God, right? And the power to knowledge of His will for me, and the power to carry it out. And so it takes, it takes work. Unless one's family expresses a desire to live upon spiritual principles, we think we ought not to urge them. So we're not going to lecture to them all the time or tell them how they need to improve their spiritual life. That'll just push them further away. We, we just do our deal, and they may see it, and we want to be a witness to them of the power of the steps and the power of God working in our lives. And they'll see something different about us. They'll say, wow, he's a little different. Good. You know, and then they change their attitude towards us. So it's a, uh, we should not talk incessantly to them about spiritual matters. They will change in time, may not, may get worse. But most of the times they get better. And here's the key. 
our behavior will convince them more than our words, not my thinking. I could recite the big book, it'd still be a complete, you know what. Our behavior will convince them more than our words. Your, your feet, what are your feet doing? How are you projecting yourself? And it's in all areas of your life. Church, work, home, food store, driving the car, everything. We must remember that 10 or 20 years of drunkenness would make a skeptic out of anyone. So we come back and we, they look at us and they're still very skeptical. And they're, they're, not, they're not certain they can trust us yet and it may take time. And here's another very powerful paragraph. There may be some wrongs we can never fully right. There are. There's things I can't make right. But if there were, there were people walking through the door that when I was 25 or 22, I might have said or did something that I'm not proud of, I would be, love to be able to hold them, give them a hug and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did that. I'm not afraid of that, but that's, these are some wrongs you can never right. And remember, we're in 2024 20, where you can find anything, anybody, anywhere with Google and Facebook and all that stuff I don't know how to use. And you don't do that unless it's something that you're not going to cause more harm and you've discussed it with your sponsor. We don't worry about them if we can honestly say ourselves that we would write them if we could, and that's the key. That's how you get over shame and guilt. If you can honestly say yourselves that I, I would I would love to be able to write every wrong I've made. Wouldn't that be great? But I can't. But I'm willing to if I could. And that sets you free. Now, why do I have to do all this? Because I managed my life and I lived in self and I made decisions based on self and it's not pretty when you look back, but it wasn't that I was a horrible person, I had the wrong manager. And a lot of times I even thought my motives were good. Anybody else? You know, God, they don't understand me. Look how hard I'm trying. Ugh, such nonsense. Some people cannot be seen. We send them an honest letter, but be careful. Make sure you talk to somebody before you send the letter. Don't send texts. I think texts are, texts in AA are dangerous. People say things when they're upset and they text it. Um, if you're upset and you're going to text, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Unless you're texting your sponsor or somebody. D don't do it. It's not going to make things better. Texting is a very impersonal way of communication anyway. There may be a valid reason for postponement in some cases, but we don't delay it if we can be avoided. But it may have to be on God's time, remember? And you may have to wait for the right circumstance. And that's happened in my life. People have come into my life, I had not seen them in years, and they're just there. And then you're ready and you're willing. And it, it, it's really, it's really uh, so powerful when that happens. It says we should be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble. Humble. And I should be that way all the time to everybody without being servile or scraping. Now, the point of this is that um, some people you've, you've done wrong to, they don't want to let you go. They want to keep bringing it up all the time. 
and they want you to keep paying the paying the bill. And why? Because then they have power over you and they don't have to look at themselves. So it says, we don't want to be servile or scraping. I remember that day, Brian, when Jim was talking about the ex and all that, and I said, Jim, you only paid the bill once. You only, you only pay it once. Uh, if they don't want to forgive you or change the way they see you, that's not the point of this. But you've done what you can and then you be loving, patient, kind, considerate to them, and you be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble. As God's people, we stand on our feet, not on our knees. We stand on our feet. We don't crawl before anyone. It's powerful stuff because um, we don't want to, we want to be right with the world but we're dealing with human beings and they may not want to be right with us for their own reasons and so we can't change them don't try to change somebody change yourself and then see if they change over time if they don't always be humble tactful sensible patient tolerant kindness love it's how we be that determines how we feel and if we be with God in our actions, we'll feel good. That's how we build self-esteem. Now, I don't want to be dependent like I was my whole life on other people to feel okay. That was like a ping pong ball. And so there are people you've harmed. There are people that may not, you may not interact with well. Uh, if you have to, bring love into it and then um, stay with God. So... Uh, I don't want to get onto the promises today. I'm going to stop there. There's certainly a lot in there to talk about. I, I think it's just uh, so powerful the information they put in those four paragraphs. Thank you.